Hey guys, it's your boy Wasabi, and this is a new segment about two of my favorite things, because I'm a huge nerd, competitive philosophies and anime. I've always been interested in the hero's journey, and like many of you, I'm sure, have related myself to fictional characters who inspire us. I mean, who doesn't want to be a sick anime protagonist? Anyway, the whole point of this is just to get some friends together to talk about a specific anime quote or moment, and to self-reflect on it. It's going to be very personal, and there will be spoilers to the anime or manga depending on the episode, so please listen to me when I give the spoiler warning. For this first episode, we're going to be talking about Haikyuu, and for a spoiler warning, we're going to go over stuff likely from the entire anime, so seasons 1 through 4. If you've seen it, if you've not seen it, I'm sorry, but we're going to talk about it. So tune in for the next episode. Anyway, I'm here to welcome my friend Ventus Matt, aka Remarkable Matt. What's up? No much, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm like super psyched to talk about Haikyuu, my favorite show of all time. I know. I think, I mean, we've been gushing over Haikyuu for a long time. So really, this whole idea is just stemming from us fan fanboying over it. Yeah, so for people who don't know, one of the first conversations I've ever had with Will was uh, we had like we were playing Melee and we had pretty much like a two hour conversation just about Haikyuu and like the philosophy in it. And like, oh, my God, Haikyuu is so sick. Yeah, it's super, super sick. And I'm so excited to start talking about this because like we have so many quotes to go over, like we won't be able to get through Haikyuu today. And for context for the viewer, Matt already knows this. I've been like screenshotting anime quotes from manga or from animes for like two or three years now. I have like over a gig of screenshots in a folder of anime quotes from different animes and mangas. So I'm excited to like finally get this started. But as kind of the intro, I think how I was thinking, how do I start off episode one? And I think this idea that everyone wants to be their own protagonist of their story, right? And that we relate each to, like, the main character is something really interesting. But I think what mm -hmm. Haikyuu does well, and what the stream overlay is, obviously Ping Pong Animation, also does well, is that they have a slew of multifaceted characters that ha don't just have backstories, but are main characters in themselves. Like, you could argue that so many of the Haikyuu cast has their not just moments in games, but also are main characters in their own right, depending on the season or episode. And so that's kind of where I want to get started. And I kind of want to let you, let you go first, Matt, on that. Okay, so like, what do you mean by that? Like, you in the terms of like, all, the, all these different characters can be their main characters. Are you talking about like, um, who do I resonate with? Or how does that like... The like the philosophies of characters and what what direction do you want to take? Yeah, yeah. So first, let's. That's a good question. Let's first start with just like the general breakdown of like how Haikyuu has just created like ten to twenty different main characters, and then okay, and then actually, let's finish with like more of the personal stuff. Like who do we love? Who do we resonate with? And and that sort of thing. Yeah, okay, so that's actually really funny. So before, like, prepping for this episode, um, because Will was like, yo, you want to, like, come on and basically talk about Haikyuu? And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, dude, I, 
uh, like Will already knows how much I love Hikier, and Will also like me and him will geek out about this. Um, but I was I was texting people and I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm going on this like podcast. Like, what do you think about um, Hikier? Like, what were your first impressions, and what do you like most about it?" Um, and one of the responses I got was basically like, "I love how everybody." like you end up caring about everybody. Like there's not just like the main characters, but it's like the enemy team. There are people that you really like and like uh, in uh, tons of opposing teams. Right. Um, and there's like the training camp um, and like all this stuff. And shout out to the there's a YouTube video called The View from the Summit. I think they go over this really well. Um, but I think that one of the biggest strengths of Haikyuu as a show, just in general, is just that they like, there really is no villains in Haikyuu. Mm -hmm. Like, even in the, when Kurosuno is playing teams, it's like, God, like, like, I would be completely fine with a spinoff show of Haikyuu with it following another team besides Kurosuno. Because there's so, like, some teams that only show up once in the series are just side characters. I feel like are genuinely more fleshed out than entire main characters of some shows. And I, I don't know. It's sick. Sorry for tangenting, but yeah. No, no, that's no tangent at all. That gave me so many ideas. I, I agree as well. Like, I mean, I just showed my girlfriend, Pilar, the anime, and, and she's not a big mm -hmm. sports anime person. She made fun of me watching Haikyuu last year, actually. Oh, and really? She's like, Haikyuu's my boy. Like, listening to, like, the OP openings and stuff like that. Like, Hikari are. Uh, but, you know, you know, maybe one thing that stood out to me is, from what you said, is that you just care, like, about each of the teams also. Like, and they could be just one-off teams. Like, do you remember, um, and this is personally one of my favorite moments of Haikyuu, is mm -hmm. um, when when Daichi gets injured in season two. Yeah. And and they kind of have that counter Daichi, maybe that the anti-Flash, the anti-Daichi, uh, who's the exact mm -hmm. same copy of him in Takaru. And and I thought mm -hmm. his story was so, so, so interesting as well. Like him being the team captain and kind of having the team on his back. He kind of, in my opinion, was almost like the quintessential main character from a much more standard sports anime you know oh man he really was like if if you look at just like the background on him like he's almost more like stereotypically met like has the background story for a main captain or main like yeah for like the a captain of a team like his whole family was there they went into how he like had a big family but he had like rallied the troops and all this and like i don't know that that is like a perfect example though because it's like it's almost like so poetic in how it made so much sense how he was of a character and you saw all these people who like genuinely cared about him and how he inspired his teammates and all this stuff that it's like, man, like I really would root for you if you were not going against um, Kurosuno. And also it made him intimidating, too, because when Daichi was out, it was like, how is it was really great character development for Inoshida. But I was like, how is Inoshida going to be like this dude is clearly has like 
captain material in his DNA. You you see why he it makes sense why the opposing team's captain would make a great captain. So at the same time as like not only did it like character develop him and like make you like feel for that character and like him, but it also like made him more intimidating because it's like man, it, it just makes a lot of sense on like why he is the way he is. Yeah, and he was also like a foil to Hinata where he his main weapon as the wing spiker was to really battle in the air because he wasn't super tall either and and Mm -hmm. and then what's crazy about that is that you have the like people like um gosh i i forget his name but um in season four they introduce him the really really tall guy who has zero technique that hinata kind of tutors oh Um, oh they actually introduced him earlier they introduced him earlier but like that's when he had more of his moment i felt like he could have been a main character as well like the guy who just Dude, started that in guy high school is... with like all physical talent and expectations and yet no yeah. no real technique or experience. Yeah. Uh so a little bit permission geek out warning. So uh I've been rewatching season 2 with yeah. people and we got to that episode. Yes, yeah, right. Um, like we're we're yeah, we're right on that episode. So the fact that they Haikyuu does this a lot too. This is like a side tangent, but like Haikyuu will do things. They will set things up way early on. And sometimes there's like a through line. Sometimes there's not. Usually there is, but it's like 50-50. The whole show plays on like the concept of uncertainty Mm -hmm. really well. Um, But I, I completely agree. Like you had him in season two and that was like a juxtaposition against Hinata, yes, right, right? right. Just the, the most anti-Hinata out there. Exactly. And then you see Hinata. He shows up in season four as character development for Hinata, but also himself. Like, it completely made sense. He he was the exact opposite of Hinata. And for those who are less familiar with Haikyuu, basically this character is someone... Hinata, the main character, is really, like... He's short, um, but he's, like really quick and um he's just like really passionate right but he doesn't have a lot of the tools at his disposal disposal aren't like the obvious tools Mm -hmm. for volleyball whereas um the other character i don't remember his name but he's based or something like that we're gonna go with that he's gaia um apologies if it's not but he has like he's built for volleyball like he's super tall which is an actual huge advantage they talk about that and it kind of carried him Mm -hmm. but at the same time he's not happy with the fact that he's getting carried by his height and he feels during the training camp he feels like guilty because he's like um because when the kanata was there he's like you should be here not me but Hinata was like, dude, what are you, what are you talking about, dude? Hi- height is a huge weapon. And that was really cool, too, to just see that through line of, like, Hinata talking. Because they had that from season two, the juxtaposition. But then you actually saw both perspectives where both of these characters were basically jealous of the other people because of, like, what they had and what they didn't have. And then it was... And then they really brought it full circle. I'm not going to spoil that part because just in case, but they really brought it full circle that arc at the end of the season. And that was super cool too, like bringing 
everything full circle. Yeah, anyway. and really a really spoiled end of season four. And his name is Hyakuzawa. So I was kind of close. All right. But yeah. yeah, I think that was so cool that they were like both jealous of each other. And there was also like, and this kind of ties to the next point, which is like Hinata recognized him and his strengths. And it's something that he will never, ever have as a character. And I think that is something that you don't really see. That acknowledgement of weakness is something that you don't see a lot of the time in sports or traditional like battle or shown in anime where it's like, yeah, dude, like shut the fuck up. You're tall. Like you'll always be tall. That's like the best weapon in volleyball. And I think like that's the craziest part is because I mean, the whole point of this first episode is that like there isn't just one main character in Haikyuu, right? And similar to how there is no one main character in like life in general right like it's it's like yeah <laughs> yeah no i i like like I, I now that you bring that up and i i didn't really put these dots together until you just said that i like a little bit i've thought about this before but i feel like you put it in a really good good way um a lot of anime especially sports anime like to pretend that talent doesn't exist and haikyuu does a really nuanced take on it that i think is a lot more grounded in reality and it's not just that um it's basically more like everybody has talent or strengths and weaknesses in their own way and heart you absolutely need to work hard right that like that's obvious and like haikyuu shows that um, but there's also ways to utilize your strengths. Like Hinata would stereotypically not be seen as a strong character, right? Yeah. Um, but he works around his strengths and weaknesses. That's the same with Tsukishima, the guy who's really lazy on, uh, Seijo, but like towards the end of the, uh, games, he like plays super hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's also like a huge strength of Haikyuu is that like, there everybody has like i don't want to say talent because that's like kind of a loaded term but everybody has different strengths and weaknesses and it's not about just working hard like you don't see hinata work hard and he's just like he his him working hard doesn't mean that he would be able to do the same things that like kageyama would do right but it's also like working hard in tune with what your strengths are at the same time and discovering what your strengths are. Um, I think is a huge part of Haikyuu because like Tsukushima could never play like Kageyama, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like Tsukushima doesn't need to play like Kageyama. Like the best way for him to play is to level up his strengths and sure up his weaknesses, but not like try to turn in like work hard in a direction where it's just somebody that he's completely not. If that makes any sense. No, it, it completely does. And I love the way you kind of continued that idea of like that everyone has their own strength. Cause that's really the point that I'm trying to get at for, as I said, for this first episode where like, mm -hmm. I think it's hard to relate. And, and, and this is super funny because there, I think there is a flaw in relating oneself to a fictional character not just because they're fictional, but because no character, both either fictional or real, mm -hmm. relates to you. You know, like we each all have our 
own experiences and bringing up Kunami from uh, from Aoba Josai, the the really lazy guy who is very yeah. cunning about being lazy, and Oikawa just expects him to you know cover for everyone's asses when they're tired game three you know set three because he hasn't been running as much and i think that's so smart like and i think that was a flaw i saw in in myself even like that's the reason i have like a folder of anime quotes is like that you know we want to believe in that we want to see the similarities in in us and in fictional characters like it's it's everyone wants to and it doesn't have to be i know i'm talking about haikyuu and you are very mm-hmm. very new to the to the melee scene right i am um right. i i'm a i'm adoptee yes way. yeah exactly but you know a few years ago and it's kind of an ode to that the stream layout's an ode to that is there was a ping pong the animation craze and everyone was talking about smile and peko and dragon and 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 the rest of the characters and trying to figure out like what you know who they are most like who they resonate with what philosophies they really like i mean even the new york city pr back in like what was this 20, 2015 was a ping pong mm-hmm. animation pr panel which was by far one of the set, sickest pr banners ever but still mm-hmm. like still true and I think what's crazy is that like as I've kind of gotten a little bit older, a little bit more into the scene, I've started to realize that like I think it's so much easier to chase this idea of like a framework of a character that rather than like discovering your own. If that's ma- if that makes sense. Wow, that's actually a really interesting take. Yeah. I mean, I think the cool part about anime is that hopefully you see yourself in certain characters, mm-hmm. right? Um, but even like as we were talking, right? Like, and I guess spoiler alert for later, but it's like we don't see our each other. Like for me, there are characters that I relate to more mm-hmm. to, but I would see myself as a blend of certain characters. Like, like there are certain traits where I'm like, I really see this in a character and I can totally resonate with that. But there's also like pieces of other characters that I like, it's not the complete thing because there is not going to be, there can be characters that really resonate with you, but it's like at the same time, like every single individual, both in Haikyuu, which by the way, that's a, that's like one of the best parts about Haikyuu is that even characters that are alike are nuancedly different. Right? Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Like the twins season four like they're literally twins and they're different even though they are similar and i think that it's super sick to see like see yourself in characters but at the same time it's like um there are different aspects like you're more than just a framework no but like each individual is um like you're an individual and so that that's like you're your own character i guess Mm mm-hmm yeah, so I really agree with you about, like, the Mia twins especially, right? Like, they are literally twins, and for the entire, like, whole second part of the season, their whole thing was that they could kind of do anything the other person could do, right? And they competed about that. If someone could set, the other person can set. If someone can spike, the other person can spike. And yet, 
there's such nuanced differences in them and they towards the end start to explore that you know with the Mia twins specifically it being sort of their obsessiveness and love for volleyball and competition you know and I think that speaks volumes because while it's so minute it's so it's so big too right like no one considers it a talent but I remember Ryobi talking about it or one night or some other player from New York I'm pretty sure it was Ryobi but you know this idea of loving the game itself loving melee is a talent in 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 a way because it means you're always going to work on it. It means that you have this sort of obsessiveness to the game that other players might not have, you know, where in the middle of a global pandemic, right, for example, <laughs> there are people still grinding the game, while others, while it's still a totally okay path, have chosen to pursue other mm-hmm. things, which is something that Haikyuu talks about as well, you know, like with Sugawara being okay changing his path from being the the first choice setter to being almost the both the backup setter pinch player and more importantly the emotional like backbone of the team right Mm -hmm. and and he shifts without with such grace in the first first and second season and it continues into the third and fourth but you really see it develop in the first and second season and that that's like what his thing is, right? Like, and you couldn't have Karasuno make it to as far as they did in season four without Sugawara's guidance and help, you know. And I think that is so crazy because you could argue that he is probably the least important third year because he's no one not playing in every game compared to Asahi and Daichi. Yeah, I mean, well, can I geek out about Sugawara? No, no, please do. I mean, this was supposed to be a, a segue because I know who you relate to. Yeah, so spoiler alert, um, or not really, but so the character that I most relate to in Haikyuu is a combination between Sugawara and Hinata. Like, I feel like I'm Sugawara, but with Hinata's ADHD, because I have ADHD, mm-hmm. um, where like Hinata will get really excited about things. Um but I think that like Sugawara is such a sick character um, because even in season one, when you see Kageyama get benched and Sugawara comes up, the approach that they have and their strengths are so different. That, but like one clear example, right, is that Sugawara he will say hi to everyone and like check in with everyone, and like somebody was commenting and they were like oh i don't think he's just doing that to be nice he's basically checking with like what their mental state is Mm -hmm. right and so like sugawara will like just like talk to people and a part of the reason why he's talking to people is just to get a grasp of like where they're at mentally and like how to support that and like for me that's kind of how i operate like even when i play like online games right um if I'm like in voice chat or I just see things, right? Or just in my normal life, right? Like I will I I would like talk to people and then I can like just basically get a mental idea of where they're at emotionally in the moment um, and like how I can help them from that point, right? Um, whereas Kageyama, right? Who's the other setup for Kurosano, um, 
he's super mechanical and he's like super great at um like getting the ball technical yes, like getting yeah. the ball where it needs to be he's really skilled in volleyball but his emotional intelligence is just completely <laughs> shot and i also think the the reason why kagayama is actually so good is because the juxtaposition of sugawara and kagayama like Ka sugawara like coaches kagayama basically on emotional intelligence but at the same time it's like he's not going like sugawara is not gonna like just stop trying to be a part of the team he adds his own value where he can and he like he knows his strengths and his weaknesses but he's also not gonna be like oh i'm so bad at volleyball i'm not gonna do anything like he really does show up in season four um even though it like it's not like he's on the main team they absolutely like he absolutely like has crucial moments in the game that are turning points and he's he's still instead of he like he still makes himself as valuable as possible um but it's just a different type of mindset to like what you think is how you perceive what is valuable to you i guess mm -hmm. if that makes any sense whatsoever it, it definitely definitely does and yeah i know i really resonate with that where he he's just i mean he is the foil to kageyama until oyakawa comes into play yeah really, you know but instead of being a rival he makes himself his um a teacher for kageyama uh, arguably a stepping stool too for kageyama's growth and uh, a step where he kageyama i don't think could have done it without sugawara's help where you know i mean right because like normally when you're competing for a spot in season one does this really well they're like normally sugawara should be neck to neck com like competing against kageyama i mean that would be my personal <laughs> instinct you know and and instead he goes he pulls kageyama aside and be just like hey we're on the same team a point you get is a point i get a point i get is a point that you get and and that's it you know and i think that really shows his his strengths i mean to kind of roll with this idea of who who we relate to i know we've had this conversation before yes mm -hmm. and you know surprisingly i think that like people that know me really would suspect like someone like hinata you know mm -hmm. but i think the one that i've related to and it's changed a little bit actually watching season four now I, I have a more of a mix rather than one person, which is really interesting. Ooh, I think I know where you're going with with this, but I want to. I want to. Yeah, so I've it. always first resonated with Oikawa. You know, I I love Hinata and and his, but he's so naturally talented in his own way that he marches to the beat of his drum, which is ironic, actually. Yes, like the juxtaposition of the show. Exactly like, yeah, right, that. being imperfect. Well. Right? I mean, we didn't even talk about the title. We're all imperfect protagonists, you know? So, yeah. you know, that's the whole point of it. We're, we're trying to be better. That's why this is a segment on the wannabes. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think Oikawa I really related to because he was so purposeful in the way he developed as a volleyball player, where he became talented, you know? And I wouldn't say Oikawa was without talent. He, like, clearly had talent but he had to and this is a quote for another day man but you know he had to polish that talent until it bloomed oh, man. 
And and if you know, you know. You know, if you know that quote, you know that quote. But going back to what I'm saying, it's like if I really related to that because I really didn't think like I was naturally like could naturally do anything when I first started melee or even like with my career or anything. You know, it's a lot of purposeful work. And Oyakawa mm-hmm. was the first person where I really, really saw that, you know? And I think that that's what made me gravitate towards him, where you got to see a character that was represented in such a monstrous way on the field, on the court. Mm-hmm. And yet the backstory was so, so much of a struggle bus, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I feel really bad for his character, actually. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and then he gets Trump, right? By, like, two of the most talented, ridiculous monsters, being Kageyama and, and Hinata, right? And so that's why I always related to him. And, you know, that's kind of, again, why we're doing this, this segment. But season four kind of made me realize I'm definitely more of a mix of, like, Oyakawa... Tanaka, like I definitely have Tanaka's self doubt in me, in a way that Oyakawa oh, also too, has, dude. and that that Tanaka yeah. episode about climbing steps and every six months or so needing to stop and looking how much further oh, up God. you need to go, I think I relate to. And then, honestly, I love the blonde Mia twin. Atsumi really, too. I. That's so interesting to me. Those would be my main three because, like he's so i definitely love his obsessiveness with it you know and that that sort of competitive nature is i think very similar to oyakawa but it kind of manifests differently because with oyakawa his rival was beating sheer torizawa it was more of a concrete goal and crushing mm-hmm. wakatoshi or i mean ushijima and and for Mia, for Atsumu, it was beating his twin brother, right? And I think I've definitely experienced that as well, where you have like someone on your side, friends in the melee scene that you just desperately do not want to lose to. One being very easily JD. Yeah. But at the same time, right? Like, isn't that literally Okawa's downfall in my like like if you think about the series mm-hmm. right you have Ka- and like kagi like okawa is like a juxtaposition of kagiyama and somewhat sugawara because like i think sugawara is more like empathic mm-hmm. where suit where like okawa is more like sociopathic <laughs> like they're both aware of emotion like they both have high emotional intelligence but okawa is totally like on the uh I guess I like the uh, logical emotional intelligence side of things where he's like more manipulative mm-hmm. where Sugawara is more like, I guess he can be manipulative, but it's more of like he's feeling their emotions and he's helping them. Whereas like Okawa like plays to their insecurities and like gets them to act on that. Um, but I think the, the set and not that Okawa is a bad dude mm-hmm. either. Right. Cause I don't think he's like, toxic you know um but i mean even his own team was like i don't like i feel like he would like figure out my insecurities and use it again like um 
But I think that's the sad thing about Okawa. And it's also why he's the biggest juxtaposition of from Kageyama and Hinata is that in Hinata was going to go against Kageyama, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and that was his whole goal in middle school when he got to high school is I want to take down Kageyama. And then they ended up, his biggest rival ended up being on the same team and they ended up killing it. And then Okawa had the chance to go with two Shiratorizawa, but his pride got in the way. And that's why he lost. Whereas like Shira, like Shira, they, they could have had the same duo, yes. right? Because they could the Shiratorizawa, yeah, yeah exactly. Thing. I've never that's, thought of it that so way. That, yeah, that is Okawa's biggest downfall is he could have had the equivalent to Hinata, like Kageyama's Hinata with Okawa, right? But he turned it down because of pride. Whereas like Kageyama, I don't think he would, Kageyama didn't care, mm -hmm. right? Like he had other fish to fry and he was traumatized. And Hinata just didn't know Kageyama was going to be on his team. But like the, the, the reason why Okawa lost was mainly just because his the the he was too prideful like he just didn't go on he wanted to be um okawa more than he wanted anything right and like the kageyama hinata and like karosano mindset is like let's try to go as far as we can right let's try to like just see where we can get to let's go to nationals let's win nationals Let's and like let's keep going beyond. Like they Hinata and Kageyama have a conversation. Like, what if I go and become the best in Japan? What if I become the best in the world? Whereas like um Okawa, he only wanted to beat um Shiratorizawa. And I think that it is like really fuck. Um You're good, you're good. Edit that. I'm just kidding. Um it, I think it is really important to have like milestone goals mm -hmm. right like i don't think you should just have goals set up like way into the future right like you should have like target goals right but that target goal of beating shore torizawa was what ended up making him his pride got mm -hmm. in the way like that is that i feel like that like that's where okawa personally failed because i don't think he's i think he is one of the best characters in haikyuu and if you put him on any team, like if he was on Shiratorizawa, the show would be about them and they would 100% win nationals. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, that, that definitely is true. I think, though, what's so interesting, and, and this is coming from someone who's, I feel like, seen all the sports anime. I'm onto sports manga now. Like, mm -hmm. there are main characters that do that. There are main characters that are like, oh, all the good people are on that team? Okay, let me go to this team and do it. You know, like, yeah. I mean, there is something. I don't even know if the, it's fair for me to like criticize Okawa now because there is some genuine to that, yes. right? It's just like, but at the same time, it seems counterintuitive, right? Because Okawa's thing is bringing out the best in his mm -hmm. teammates, right? And like wanting the best for his teammates, but at the same time his goal isn't to elevate them as far as they can go his goal is to just be sure to mm -hmm. and that's kind of is what it's like a weird juxtaposition he is like he is both like the most egotistical and self most selfless person at the same time. yeah that's true and how sick would it be if oikawa was the main character of the of the show 
it seems like he it's should right. be right and that's like, the thing like and it's so crazy that he ends up being the actual main i know like the dude who has talent and like and things going for him is the protagonist and the dude has to work super hard and it like becomes jaded is the antagonist is crazy to me but i actually i love it because i mean like i said earlier haikyuu's biggest strength to me is playing on uncertainty and things like that like there are times when you're watching the show where you're like a rally is happening and you're like i legit like they're selling this like they're going to get the point but i legitimately don't know because they they they'll like fake you out all the time oh my gosh yeah um, like the end of season four when this screen starts to black out a little bit that was so subtle yeah, and good that was yeah i don't want to spoil the actual moment, yeah of course but there's definitely a point in season like literally one of the most hypest moments in season four and they don't even score off of that point. Yes. And I was just like, but like Haikyuu is so grounded. It has like this through line where it is really like deep and philosophical like, or philosophical and like all this, mm-hmm. right? And like the power of teamwork and friendship, but it also meets reality really hard. And it's it kind of, it's not about like these ideas can help you escape reality, but it's more of like these ideas help you get through reality, I guess would be the best way for me to put it. Whereas I feel like a mo- a lot of anime um, or philosophical things in that is like, this is how you like get certainty. Like if you believe in this and you do all that, you're a hundred percent guaranteed. And like Haikyuu is like, there's no guarantee in anything. Right. But these 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 are like tools and like mindsets and things like that where there you're you're still in the real world you're in reality, um, but and like things are gonna go wrong. It's just more about how to manage when things go wrong and how to like increase your chances of going right. Whereas like other anime, I feel like they're just like oh man, like if you believe in the power of friendship or like you get really angry and stuff like that. Um, that's like honestly my favorite part about Haikyuu is it is the most ground it it is really grounded in reality and at the same time it also shows the benefits of like positive mentalities like it's not one or the other it's like a mixed it's both yeah sorry for the long tangent no worries I just get super no hot. no you don't need to apologize at all like there's so much to talk about for Haikyuu and we're gonna have like so so many episodes where we actually talk about the quotes you know like the nishidoya quote on 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 the recording right now uh but that that was more of a placeholder um for future stuff um Mm. but no like i think we hit it we hit it on the nail and you're right it's 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 rooted in reality and and things aren't guaranteed and and there is plot armor to a certain extent, but Haikyuu's also set it up where the plot armor doesn't seem so guaranteed at times. And I think that's what wanted me that that's what kinda made me want to cover Haikyuu for this kind of inaugural episode where it's cause it's just so real in that way, where there are things where we work hard and we lose and it's not guaranteed and the characters that we relate to lose and 
just like us. And I think that is so... There's something really... I don't know. Quiet about that. Yeah, it's kind of the, 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 like, the idea of like... Um, you should work hard even though success isn't guaranteed. Yes, I guess. exactly. Is that like... And I, we were talking about this before, right? But it's like, even with like the wannabes podcast and like the idea of the imperfect protagonist, mm -hmm. right? It's like the idea, it's the uncertainty that makes life interesting, right? Like if anything was a sure thing, like if you woke up tomorrow and you knew how tomorrow would be, it's like there's safety in that. But like that, like that's, is that really the, like the, the beauty of life is kind of, the uncertainty which is also like the scary part but like i feel like once you like once you decide to embrace that uncertainty knowing that you can lose even if you give it your all yeah right? it's not even about securing the outcome as much as it is it's like you feel you're like living like you're living life i guess yeah and um, to kind of close that it's you know kind of come full circle it's about as you said, living your own life. But that also means that you have to recognize your own strengths and weaknesses. And this is something I struggle with too, you know, again, going back to relating yourself to fictional characters, you know, like you want to see the framework being done so that it gives you confidence to do it. But, but in reality, the hero's journey, our own personal hero's journey is not finished yet and it's a framework that no piece of literature or other individual in the past has done before and so it's up to us to kind of yeah. do it live i mean i think the cool part about it is like when you're watching it from a show you see it from the outside perspective but i think that that's also a good point of like i i really believe that like sometimes to for me personally mm -hmm. so i'm speaking personal experience i think the best way for me to like articulate it is like stepping outside yourself like once you can step outside yourself and then see yourself from that angle um it makes like uh, for example um and i'm not exactly sure how much we have on time but i'll give you a personal yeah, example yeah, sure and I, i'll ask one from you too because i'm genuinely curious mm -hmm. right um, so I have ADHD, like I said, um, and like a one interesting thing, I saw a healthy gamer GG video on this shout out to them, but they're talking about like different motivation styles mm -hmm. and, and there's like one type of motivation that, um, you'll be like super into something, right. And you can like learn super quickly and you can like really go into it and you're, you sprint right but then you will get distracted this is like the adhd but then you'll get distracted and then you'll go on to another thing and another thing right and so like the strategy for people like me who have like adhd is that you basically have a few things and you rotate between them so you go to like one two three four and then back to one and that way once you get bored of number one you go to number two then you mm -hmm. go to number three four and then rotate back instead but then there are other people who are more 
um, like they're more consistently burning, like passionate about things, right? And they can like work really hard on one thing, but their biggest problem is burnout. Um, and so they have to really watch out for that. Um, and then there's the other type of person who like you, they can focus on one thing forever and they're really slow, but once they hit a certain point, they're just unstoppable. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's like one personal thing that like outside of like Haiku, but just like looking at yourself in terms of like, everybody has different strengths and everybody works different. Like mm -hmm. for me, one of the reasons why, by the way, for people who don't know, I do like consulting for like the wannabes podcast and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Cause marketing is fun. Yeah. But for me, it's like a really interesting way to work on projects that, um, a lot of different projects because if i were to only do one i can get into it but i'm going to get bored right but i can just rotate between all the different people i work with and i'm always interested and i'm always doing things that i like and it's like things don't have if something doesn't work for you that doesn't necessarily mean that something's wrong you can just tailor to your strengths and haiku does an insanely good job of showing that off but i think to figure that out for yourself like you just have to like look at yourself, I guess, from the outside point of view. Um, but my main question to you is like, are there any things like that that you've noticed for yourself? Yeah, I mean, in terms of motivational style, I'm, I'm pretty much the the same way as you where I need to kind of because I have ADHD as well. And I need to juggle a ton of stuff and like move from one end to the, another. So like generally, it's between melee and podcasting and some side content creation stuff and then maybe another video game or you know i got into stocks recently and learned about that i learned how to video edit in a week you know so same same exactly as you um i think like what motivates me though like from a melee sense and i think this would be a good good way to close it right is again and i know you were shocked when i said the mia twin but you know similar to yeah, yeah i know you're shocked with with me saying atsumu but similar to hinata um i feel like it, it's just like there's this like very <laughs> competitive obsessive asshole about melee in me and i think oyakawa had it too but i think uh atsumu uh mio is another character that has that where it's just like this there's this sort of competitiveness to to his entire character that i really enjoy and while funny i'm saying that i shouldn't that like we can't relate fully to fictional characters you know i think it is a trait that i see in myself and i think that it, what is what keeps me going to do new things like pick up the box right and i think one of the best moments to kind of close on um is this idea of just doing what is the best and and him going for that ultra low set because it's better to set with 10 fingers than it is with two wrists is is a summation of sometimes the what what how i think and what motivates me and my decision making you know because it is this blend of logic and obsession 
and yeah yeah that's it Ah, <laughs> oh, i want to comment on that but i don't want to start another tangent, so. <laughs> let we let you know what we should talk about it at the next episode when when we run it because i think this is this was a this was a really good good time but we could talk about IQ for we, we could we could we could though we are hitting roughly i think a little bit past the 45 minute mark time flies yeah i, I figured at some point i was like <laughs> yeah i'm not sure what the time's up i will give you i will give you one sentence and then we will have to just run a sequel episode and go deeper in we're gonna go deeper in uh into into all the specific character philosophies but what what's your one thought on that and then and then we close um can i just have my one thought be on haiku yeah go for it um haiku is sick and uh it helps you like as the listener think about what your strengths and weaknesses are if you are the protagonist what would your strengths and weaknesses be if you step outside yourself that's my statement and hopefully that helps someone hi yeah well on that note beautiful thank you everyone for listening to this new segment on the wannabes the imperfect protagonist i hope to do many more so if you like this like comment subscribe let me know discord me so i can justify to my parents that talking about anime is cool and that it's okay and popular to be a huge nerd and also give a special shout out to matt here authentic official reporterable matt i will put his twitter is right underneath the screen and yeah thank you again for having for being a co-host for this oh dude i mean like honestly any excuse to talk about how to all right man all right i'll talk to you later this has been super fun all right till next time peace Yes.